This is episode 6 with Hannah Abaza, VP of Marketing at Uberflip, on pioneering the content experience conversation and how their webinar strategy is helping them distribute the message to the market. Have you ever wondered about what other SaaS companies are doing to grow their business? What channels are they experimenting with? Where are they finding traction? Welcome to How to SaaS, the go-to podcast for growing your cloud software company. I'm your host and growth strategist, Shiv Narayanan. I'm also the CMO of Wild Apricot, the number one membership software for small associations and nonprofits. Each week, we'll bring you interviews with founders, CEOs, and growth leaders who have successfully implemented a growth strategy to help you take your cloud software company to the next level. Are you ready? Let's begin. All right, Hannah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shiv. Thanks for having me. All right. So just for the audience, if you can just give an introduction of who you are, uh, what you do, and what uh, Uberflip is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Hannah Baz. I'm the VP Marketing at Uberflip. And Uberflip helps marketers, particularly ones in sort of the B2B space, create, manage, optimize content experiences. So you might be wondering, what exactly does that mean? Um, so when we say content experience, uh, it's really anywhere your audience is consuming content. So that could be your resource center, that could be a, a blog, that could be a content library, a content hub, and it can even be really customized streams of content that you might be using for prospecting or sales enablement or account-based marketing. So we help you manage all of that stuff pull in your content into the Uberflip platform so you can aggregate everything together, uh, including blogs, ebooks, white papers, etc. And then you can spin up these really great experiences. And then, of course, optimizing them with calls to action for lead gen and, um, you know, that type of thing. So you can actually start to meet some of your goals. Mm-hmm. And and within this uh, this idea of content experience, it's really something that uh, Uberflip has been leading the charge on, right? So mm-hmm. uh, t- talk a little bit about you know changing that conversation within the minds of content marketers, because I think user experience is a word that's thrown around a lot within SaaS companies, but content mm-hmm. experience as a responsibility of the content marketer, how is Uberflip changing that conversation? That's a really great question, and that's something that we put a lot of thought into over the last year. And really what we kind of walked away with is almost a new framework for thinking about content marketing. So when most of us think of content marketing, we really think of it as a a three-phase cycle, right? So you create the content, and, and included sort of within that creation is sort of the ideation of content and coming up with the idea and getting it down on paper and and that whole sort of creative process and also somewhat technical process if if one of your goals is around sort of SEO and and lead generation. And then once you've created the content, we think about distribution. How do we get it in front of the people that we want? Ideally, we're thinking of distribution also while we're creating the content. And then the third phase is usually something around measurement and insight into how it's working. And then that usually feeds the creation process. So it's sort of this three-phase cycle or traditionally thought of as this three-phase cycle. What we really try and think about at Uberflip is, you know, we want to step back and say, hey, it's not three phases, it's actually four phases. And what happens is people that don't understand this often can often not optimize their content for their goals, which when you're in B2B marketing is usually around lead generation or you know exposure, awareness, engagement. So we think of it as, yes, you start off by creating really great content that's incredibly important. 
But the next phase in distribution, the next phase is really how do you optimize that experience in order to meet your goals, whatever they may be. So if it's lead gen, how do you make sure you have a really good experience for lead generation or for engagement or for shares, if that's what you're what you're optimizing for? Then you sort of follow the same process with distribution, measurement and insights, and then back to creation. But that that sort of fourth pillar or fourth phase of optimizing the experience often gets missed. And because of that, people have no idea whether content is helping them hit their goals. They can't optimize for their goals effectively, and they just don't have the technology infrastructure to do that. And I think what it really comes down to is what we what we like to call our dirty little secret, <laughs> which is really that great content isn't enough anymore. Uh, you need a really compelling content experience in order to meet your targets, in order to meet your goals, in order to drive business value. And an analogy we really like to use here at Uberflip, if you talk to anybody here, I think I think we're all using it now, <laughs> came from a webinar that I did you know, a while back, is really you know, around drinking, of all things. So I, you know, as much as anybody else, love a nice cold drink let's say a pina colada, but do I want to be drinking that pina colada in a dingy basement that's kind of damp and cold and wet, or do I want to be drinking that pina colada on a beach in Hawaii? The answer is obvious. I want to be drinking it on the beach because it's the experience that sets it apart. Could be the exact same pina colada, might taste exactly the same, but the experience makes a huge difference. It's the same with your content. You could have the exact same blog post, the exact same words, but the experience can make a massive difference in how people interact with it and in how you meet your goals. Does that make sense? Mm, it makes a lot of sense. And so uh, I've actually heard you use that analogy on one of your webinars in the past. So what we're, what we're really talking about is there's an education gap between where you see the content marketing uh, experience being and what your you potential users and prospects think of the responsibility of a content marketer. So uh, where, where I heard you use that analogy is uh, in, on one of your webinars. Is that one of the platforms that's really helping you get that message across to bridge that education gap? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, an education gap is an interesting way to phrase it. And I mean, what's the main purpose of content for a lot of us? Well, it's, it's around education, right? Uh, so we, I mean, we create a lot of content. Content marketing is probably the foundation of our broader marketing strategy. Uh, and we like to experiment with different forms of content too. So for us, I mean, if you go to hub.uberflip.com, you can see exactly what we do for content. But you can also see that it's a really rich experience with a lot of different forms. Blog posts, yes. Um, ebooks, white papers, yes. We do that kind of stuff for lead gen as well. But webinars has also been one of our probably most successful content channels and really converts well for us all the way through to kind of that customer level. So we're not just talking top of the funnel metrics here. We're talking, hey, when we bring people in from webinars, and obviously it depends on the type of webinar and the topic, and, and we're really specific about that, and that's part of the reason why it works. But when we bring people in through webinars, they're actually really likely to convert to a customer. Um, and it's one of those things that we've got the process down, we've figured out sort of a formula that's kind of been working for us. So it doesn't take as much of an investment to do something like that as maybe it has in the past when you're first starting off. So it's definitely something that works really well for us from an education standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so talk a little bit more about this formula for a webinar. What, what about it has proved to work for you and what is that process that you're repeating? Cool. So I think the biggest thing that people don't do when they start doing webinars is uh, 
is they don't really think through what the purpose of the webinar is and setting expectations based on the purpose of the webinar, right? Uh, and that's why a lot of marketers that I talk to say things like, oh, we tried it, it didn't really work. Well, you know, why is that? What was the topic that you used? What was what were your distribution channels? How did you get the webinar in front of people? What was the content like? Because at the end of the day, if the content is terrible, it doesn't matter <laughs> what distribution channels you use, right? Um, so for us, some things we think about on the outset what are our key goals? So if we're doing a webinar primarily for lead generation, we're going to do very different things than a webinar that is a little bit more top of the funnel where we're kind of trying to get more butts and seats for lack of a better term and really kind of trying to have that broad reach and that bigger, broader conversation. So that's going to be a very different topic and that's going to be a much broader topic, similar to the idea of top of the funnel content, bottom of the funnel content, right? It's the same idea, but it blows my mind that people don't think about their webinars that way, <laughs> right? Um, and then, you know, when we're looking at webinars specifically for Legion, which I think a lot of people are interested in, it's really all about the right topic and secondarily, the right speakers involved. But the topic is really what's going to get people through the door in the first place. And I'd rather have a very compelling topic with not that many registrants and be able to go deep and be able to actually show a lot of value because those are the people that are actually going to be more likely to convert to a customer. So the topics that we pick are generally very related to what we do and very, uh, for lack of a better term, bottom of the funnel. But more so, they speak exactly to the customers and the personas that we want to we want to bring in, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can speak from our experience. And we do a lot of webinars ourselves, and we focus closer on the top of the funnel. But then when you look at the metrics, the there are fewer people that are trickling down because the topics are almost too general to qualify the registrant for mm -hmm. what your software is about. Totally, and there's a time and a place for that type of content but you know again it just goes back to your goals right so you know what it is what is it that you're trying to optimize for and if it's lead gen then getting as many registrants as possible with a really really broad topic and doing sort of a really really broad overview without any actionable steps in the webinar is generally not going to work for us in our experience here you know we need really specific topics with real value actionable takeaways you know, give people kind of what they need and what they're expecting when they when they log into that webinar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, how do you, how are you promoting uh, these webinars once you decide to hold them? Is it purely to your lists, or are there other avenues that tend to work a lot for you? It does depend a little bit on what we're doing, and and again, what the goal is for that webinar. Um, so we so there's two sort of types of webinars that we do. We do have webinars where we'll do kind of on our own, um, where it's just sort of Uber flip hosting it. We do less of that now. We've recently really ramped up our partner program for webinars. And that's the other thing that's actually worked really well for us is really finding some good partners that have customers and, and audiences that really overlap, right? So we want people that are also targeting, you know, B2B marketers. We want people that are also targeting content and demand gen folks. We want people that are kind of in line with the sort of philosophy of, of what we're doing from a marketing and, and even sales perspective here at Uberflip. So 
partnering gives us the ability to expand our reach for sure, right? Because it's not just our database, it's our database plus our partner's database. Um, now that said, who you pick as a partner is just as important as the topic that you pick, right? Uh, so uh, you know, for example, we have a webinar coming up with uh, the folks at Infer. Um, they do predictive analytics. They are fantastic. We're, we're doing it with their product marketing uh, guy, Sean, who is amazing, wicked smart. And I know that something like predictive analytics is of interest to the people that we're talking to. Uberflip doesn't do that, but it's definitely a complementary type of product. So I know if I bring Sean into a webinar, he's going to bring people that are sort of consistent with the type of people that we want to talk to. Now, if you are doing partner webinars, what I would definitely suggest is be really explicit around the expectations for each partner. So, uh, for example, the promotional expectations, each partner is expected to send at least one email or, you know, wh however you want to structure it. But I think it's really important to make sure that if you are going to be doing this together and you're going to be sort of sharing the leads that come from it, it's really important that you're explicit in terms of how much promotion uh, happens for that for that webinar does that make sense it makes a lot of sense and so um what are some of your results i notice on your website i mean you have standard partnerships with uh companies like hubspot marketo eloqua so what are some results that have come about from partnering with people yeah there's a great post uh and i'm i'm blanking right now on the numbers i'll have to find it but uh analyzing one of the webinar series that we did uh so every year or so we do a marketing automation hacks webinar series and that's where we partner up with a lot of our integration partners so we kind of have two types of partners we've got sort of product integration partners and then we've got um just co-marketing partners where we do more collaboration type things when it comes to content. Uh, so our marketing automation hacks webinar series is one of our best performing sort of channels and one of our best performing, I guess, um, initiatives where we basically partnered with Marketo, HubSpot, Eloqua, Pardot, Acton, uh, even MailChimp, who's kind of trying to shift into the into the marketing automation space. And we essentially put this series on over the course of a week. And we did a webinar with each of them over the course of that week. And they partnered with us. You know, everybody sort of drove traffic to their to their webinars. And it was really incredibly successful. And we were able to drive real pipeline from that, which is which is really the goal of this type of thing, right? Now, when you step back and you analyze that, you know, take a look at sort of the the main pillars here. So number one, we said topic was important. Marketing automation hacks really related to what we do at Uberflip because Uberflip integrates with your marketing automation tool and content fuels marketing automation in general. So it's hard to have a conversation about one without the other if you're in the B2B space. So from a topic perspective, really, really related. From a partner perspective, we can't get any more targeted than Marketo and, and Eloqua and Acton and Pardot and those guys, right? Because we integrate with them. So from a partner perspective, we're talking to the same kinds of people, the same kinds of marketers. And then from a distribution perspective, we really had uh, an explicit, and and I, I mean, I don't want to call it an agreement because that makes it sound super formal and it wasn't super formal, but it was sort of written out in a Google Doc. Here's what's expected from everybody. So we had that explicit agreement for distribution. So everybody was sharing it amongst their database. And then, of course, I mean, we'll do other stuff for distribution depending on, again, what our goal is. So we'll do some social. We might do some social PPC on that. Um, you know, we might 
uh, do a, I don't know, sponsored email through one of the publishers that we work with. Um, we don't do that every time, obviously, but if it's something that's really big and we want to make a splash, we'll, we'll put a little bit of paid effort behind it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned something that was interesting there, which is uh, these companies that you're holding these partner webinars with, they are also your main integrations, right? So it's not just a synergy, uh, let's say, top of the funnel or bottom mm-hmm. of the funnel. It's really, it goes all the way down to the product. Oh, absolutely. And and what you really want to do, especially if your goal is lead gen, if your goal is just awareness and more that kind of top of the funnel side of things, uh, that's that's different. But if your goal really is lead gen, finding something that's super connected to your product is really important. And the great part about doing it with those types of partners is, you know, at the end of the webinar, we always do a, uh, a product demo of Uberflip. We do it at the very, very end. So, you know, if you don't want to see it, that's fine. If you do want to see it, stick around. And I'd rather have that drop off and just have the really, really interested people stick around for the demo. And it's usually a good amount of people that stick around for the demo. And the beauty of doing it with one of our integration partners is you can show off the integration. So for example, in that Marketing Automation Hacks webinar series, we had uh, Marketo is one of our partners. They gave a great presentation. We got to the end. We did some Q&A. The, the presenter was awesome. And then at the end, I did a demo of Uberflip, a quick sort of five-minute demo, and I showed how the Marketo integration worked with Uberflip. Now, think about the topic of that webinar. It was a marketing automation hack series specifically focused on Marketo. Um, that particular webinar was focused on Marketo, and I just basically demoed the product and the Marketo integration to a whole bunch of Marketo users can't get more targeted than that, right? <laughs> so, and and it's kind of that mass sort of um, appeal where it's not a one-to-one demo. It's a, you know, hey, I've got a whole bunch of people here that I'm showing the product off to. And if they stuck around for the full hour and they're still here and they're still listening, awesome, great time to hit them up for for maybe a demo request or to ask for more information. So then that's something that you can actually do right in webinar where you can put up a, um, a form right out right after you do that demo and get people to fill it out on the spot so that can generate a couple of demo requests as well so there's a lot of little things you can do to kind of get the most <laughs> most possible out of out of a specific webinar mm-hmm. and so um let's say there are 5 10 20 50 people that have stayed mm-hmm. for this post webinar demo um what does your sales process look like do you call them right away uh after that webinar is over within 24 hours what does it look like yeah so it really depends on how engaged they are um what we do is we'll take that registration list and we will segment that list out in a couple of different ways um so the ones that are really really engaged that have essentially you know actually showed up to the live event and really um, showed that they were interested in the product. And there's a few different ways we can tell that. So you can tell if somebody attended versus watch the recording, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So we'll actually segment those out and we'll kick those over to our BDRs. Um, And and the ones that do fill out a, a demo request immediately sort of after the product demo when they're still on the webinar, those sort of get fast tracked to the BDRs. So those kind of get there initially. Now, obviously, there's different levels of kind of segmentation that happens. So we might have, you know, I don't know, 50, 100, depending on how big the webinar is, um, 200 people maybe that we can sort of kick over to the BDRs. And then we might have a few hundred that we're going to put in a marketing nurture. Um, so it really depends because the list for each webinar is a little bit different. But um, but there's 
essentially the same sort of follow-up process that you would want to have happen when somebody requests a demo, right? So if they're really pumped about Uberflip right away, we need to pull those people out and, and kind of get them into the mode where they're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And within your ACV model, I mean, you guys are pretty high end. So um, you guys don't need that many leads coming in per webinar. But I'm assuming if you get even even 10 really high quality ones, that's a good good amount, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. And and that's it's funny because we've been slowly but surely kind of shifting up market. And one of the things that we, you know, initially sort of started to struggle with is, and I think there's examples of other companies that, that struggle with this as well, is we do a lot of content and we have a lot of really great people that come to our webinars and that read our blog and subscribe to our stuff. But there's almost this, you know, disconnect between oh, we read all of their content, but wait a minute, we don't actually know what they do, <laughs> right? So so that's something that we really, um, really have been working on, making sure that we get that across. And I think, uh, you know, a similar company that actually kind of, I think, goes through the same stuff is Kissmetrics, right? Everybody's super familiar with the Kissmetrics blog and their blog almost supersedes their actual product just because it's so successful. So um, that's one of the things that, you know, we might have a thousand people register for a webinar, but depending on the topic and the partner and, you know, the distribution channels we use, uh, it could just be a very small percentage of those that are really part of our, our, our ICP, our ideal customer profile. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, for the people that are on the call that are uh, more on the low ACV end, right? Mm-hmm. So how, how does a model like this translate to their universe? Because I, I can see how Uberflip can invest all these resources and put so much time into the experience and creating this thought leadership content. But mm-hmm. somebody who's more low ACV, they, their volume of leads needs to be a lot higher, right? So mm-hmm. how would they make that work? I, they can still make it work, uh, but I, I think the same rules apply, right? So it's not necessarily about thought leadership content. Like a, a lot of the webinars we do aren't about thought leadership content. They're specific tactical, here's how you do this, right? Um, and those are the ones that work best in terms of converting customers. And I think the same rules apply for um, for somebody that's got a lower, lower ACB. I think it's about um, topic first, potentially partner, as long as they've also got some distribution power behind them. And I think the same model can be applied to a lower, lower customer value. And I actually think that in that case, the only thing that really changes is how you sort of follow up with them kind of post webinar, right? So it's really around creating that customer experience that's more in line with the lower ACB. So maybe it's not request a demo, maybe it's start a free trial, right? And that's something that you can hit them up for right after the webinar if they're still sticking around and they're interested. So I think a lot of this stuff is testable and usable uh, for kind of that SMB space as much as it is for sort of that, that enterprise space. But, you know, distinguishing between the really sort of tactical content that you think is going to drive leads versus the, you know, thought leadership stuff. You know, we want to get everybody thinking about content experience and we do do that kind of stuff, but it's, it's a very different type of webinar than, you know, our, our more tactical stuff. Does, does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, okay. So let's, let's say some, uh, somebody wants to land a partner the way you guys have, what type of process should they follow to find somebody who could present on a topic that would re- relate to their prospects or could bring in the kinds of leads that you guys are bringing in? So I think the first step would be to talk to your customers. 
see what kind of blogs they're reading, see what other products they're using, uh, see if you can find sort of a correlation between using your product and somebody else. I think that that'll really help you identify who a good customer is for you. Uh, one of, or sorry, who a good partner is for you. One of the ways we do it is, I mean, obviously our, our partners that we sort of integrate with from a product perspective, those are easy. But one of the ways we do identify other partners is uh, really around what is the software, right? So is it complementary to what we do at Uberflip? Do we see a good chunk of our customers also using this particular product? So that's that's a big part of it as well in terms of identifying the right types of partners. And the, the other thing to keep in mind too is, you know, Partnerships can take varying degrees of effort and work <laughs> to manage. Um, you want to be a good partner and you also want to make sure that your partner is a good partner. So really kind of having a process in place helps a lot. And it doesn't have to be a complicated process, but there does need to be a process because I can tell you, you know, my team, when they're working with some of the marketers around that we work with around co-marketing and co-branding co or co-branding stuff and, and collaborating on ebooks and webinars, you know, they they have a very good sense of who's easy to work with and good to work with and who's not, right? So um, so you want to make sure you take that that process into consideration as well. And then from there it's a matter of it's a matter of reaching out, right? So if it really is mutually beneficial um, and it's aligned with their goals, then there shouldn't really be much convincing that you have to do. And, and that's what we find as well is, you know, if it's somebody that's really in line with what we do and we're kind of spreading the same message or in sort of an adjacent space, then oftentimes, more often than not, everybody's really excited, really excited to kind of do something together. So now we're at the point where we're, we've done a lot of partner stuff. So we actually get a lot of inbound for partner marketing. Um, so we're trying to be really diligent about, okay, is this aligned with what we want to do? You know, we want to stay focused on what our goals are, so we can't say yes to everything. Um, so that's sort of where we're at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and so what I'm hearing as I'm just reflecting on this call is um, there are a lot of set plays that you have around this these webinars that you're holding, right? So mm -hmm. there's a set play of finding the right partner and then the actual topic that you're holding and then the post follow-up process. So uh, can you talk a little bit about, uh, about how you're unifying these efforts across all the different people that are involved uh, in the creation of this? Yeah, sure. Uh, so from a partner perspective, that is essentially myself and and uh, Vic, who's on our content team. She kind of takes the lead on on managing that relationship once we've identified a partner that we want to work with. And usually, just to give everybody sort of the, the step by step process, what we'll do is we'll actually set up an initial call with that partner. Um, we'll kind of do the initial brainstorming around, okay, what do we want to talk about? How do how are we going to promote this? Um, you know, what are the logistics and timing? Generally speaking, we usually host the webinars ourselves. We've again kind of got the, the process for that nailed. So it's pretty easy and quick for us to spin up a landing page and set up a, a webinar. Um, webinar uh, via GoToMeeting that's integrated with everything that we use, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then that initial call ends with us sending a template, which is essentially a webinar brief that just fills in all of the details and the information. Uh, we follow up with a slide template 
And then from there, we just get timelines in everybody's calendar, right? So slides are due this day. Um, we rarely do a dry run unless we feel as though it's needed. Most of the people that we are partnering with have experience in content, have done this stuff before. We've heard them potentially speak at another place or have, have a relationship with them already. So generally speaking, we don't do a dry run, but every now and then we may need to schedule sort of a 30-minute dry run beforehand. And then webinar day, uh, web, webinar day rolls around. So um, that briefing doc is really key though, because that's where you're going to be explicit around what's the topic, get all of the information that you need about the partners in there. So if you notice, if you go to our landing pages at the very bottom, it shows both partners, both logos, and it has a short little blurb about each partner. So, you know, that's where we put everybody in. That's where we grab all of the assets. So our partner's logo, so we can use it on the landing page. And then that's where we do the outline for the actual webinar in and of itself. And that can vary, right? So depending on the topic, it could just be mostly our partner presenting, um, but it might also be co-presenting where we might be doing half of it, they might be doing the other half if it makes sense for the topic. So we're flexible there. Uh, so for example, the, the example I gave with doing um, a webinar around Infer, uh, which is a predictive analytics tool, that'll probably be mostly the folks from Infer presenting because that's their, their area of expertise. Um, whereas we have another webinar with SnapApp coming up later this month, That'll be a co-presentation because it's going to be content focused and we both have some really valuable stuff that we want to put into that presentation. So that's basically the process. Once you've done it a few times, uh, it generally goes really smoothly, but it all comes down to choosing really good partners to work with. Are they responsive? Do they have good content? Do they have real value to add? And are they talking to the same kind of people? Mm -hmm. No, I love it. And uh, what I really like about the call is there's uh, almost a set formula here that the listeners can take away and begin implementing just, just right after the call uh, to get a mm -hmm. similar, similar process going for themselves. Uh, so any, any final thoughts that you want to add? Any final pieces of, a piece of advice? No, I, I think webinars is something that you should experiment with. Uh, I also think, though, that it's starting to get very saturated, <laughs> like many other things. So I, we're always trying to think of, okay, what else can we do? How can we do it differently? How can we get away with creating less content but getting better results? So we actually took a week off creating content <laughs> earlier. Um, we might even do a longer period of time in the coming months, and we switched our focus from creation to pure distribution. Um, so playing around with different sort of ideas like that. Uh, we launched a podcast. You've got a podcast going here, kind of playing around with how that's going to work and, and what kind of value that's giving to people. So my final sort of words of wisdom would be, you know, number one, really try and think kind of outside of what's working for everybody, right? Because if there's something that's working for everybody right now, it won't for long. <laughs> so what's the next thing? Um, what's the next thing that you can start to think about in terms of connecting with, with your audience? No, great advice. And uh, last but not least, I just want to show you some appreciation, Hannah, for uh, doing this today. Uberflip does a great job with some of these webinars. And uh, our webinar leader here is always looking at the stuff that you guys are doing to see what best practices we can take from it. So really uh, appreciate you doing this. No, happy to happy to chat. Thanks a lot. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes and to check us out at www.howtosass.com. And we will see you next time.